Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, I welcome Judd Jones from RDI Technologies to discuss motion amplification. I've been wanting to have someone on to talk about motion amplification for about a year now since I heard of the technology. So this is a pretty good podcast. We discuss what is motion amplification, what you can use it for, and Judd gives us his top motion amplification tips. As you may be aware, I'm hoping to outsource some of the administrative work that comes along with producing the amount of content that I do. And so you'll be hearing some advertising on the show. And if you look at the other content, you may see some advertising in there as well. That being said, if your company does sell products or services to reliability professionals and maintenance professionals, definitely tell your marketing manager about Rob's Reliability Project. If you like to discuss what options that we have for advertising, definitely send me an email, robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com, and we will get in touch and we can talk about anything so then we can work together. Lastly, if there are any questions you want answered, guests you'd like to hear from, topics you'd like to hear about, or if you'd like to appear on the podcast, shoot me an email, robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Now here's the interview with Judd Jones. All right, we're back. And today we got another special guest. We have Judd Jones from RDI Technologies. Judd, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I appreciate the invite. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And, you know, like I, of course, I appreciate you coming on the show and I appreciate you reaching out. I mean, I wrote an article a few weeks ago. Uh, you reached out and then I I had heard about RDI technologies and motion amplification. And I, it's been one thing that I've wanted to have on the show ever since I've heard about it, which was about a year ago. And I, I watched some YouTube videos I really haven't seen too much in terms of how it's used and that type of stuff. So we had to have you on today to talk about it. Uh, yeah, I love to talk about it. Uh, happy to be here. So Judd, for people listening, Judd is the Northwest Regional Sales Manager at RDI Technologies. Now, Judd, before we get into motion amplification, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how'd you get your start in the reliability industry? Uh, so shortly after high school, uh, I got a job here in Washington at a sawmill and uh, started out in the old school sawmill ways, pulling on the green chain in, in rain gear out in the weather. Uh, didn't like working out in the weather much, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I had my eyes on... Uh, some of the the jobs in the mill that looked a little more uh, friendly to people than pulling lumber on the green chain. And so I went into the filing room and started learning how to take care of the big band saws there um, and became a saw filer. 
And uh, after that, I left the sawmill industry uh, and went to work at a, a place that made square tubing and pipe. Really enjoyed the work there. Uh, unfortunately, that plant closed uh, two and a half years after I started working there. And once that happened, I went to school for industrial multi-craft maintenance um, through one of the NAFTA trade program deals. And um, so that's how I kind of got started in, in maintenance. Uh, I've always been a person who worked on cars, was real interested in mechanical things. So it was kind of a natural thing for me. And uh, so long story short, I ended up uh, going back to work as, as a, a saw filer for Warehouser. And then I had an opportunity to go work at a chemical facility that made chlorine as a millwright. And I worked there for, I don't know, eight years. And then I left there and I went back to Warehouser because uh, I really liked the way I was treated at Warehouser as a millwright. And they uh, were looking to start a reliability program and uh, interviewed people who were interested. And so I became a PDM technician. I worked for great managers there who were forward thinking and um, never said no to training. So I, I just for like three years went through just never ending training because I love learning and worked there as a vibration analyst for quite a while. And then an opportunity presented itself with RDI. Uh, we at Warehouser were one of the first people on the West Coast to purchase the motion amplification system. Because, uh, again, my, my managers were uh, pretty forward-thinking, and uh, our PDM program was good at producing results, so they would buy us technology when we asked for it. And, you know, the, the developed a relationship with some of the people at RDI and, and did some good work with the system, and uh, they were looking to add somebody on the West Coast. So here I am. I've been with RDI for about five, six months now uh, and love it. Awesome. That's a really cool story. I have to say I've been to, I've never really, I've never been to a sawmill, but I've been to like OSB plants. I've been to pulp and paper and I've always found the somewhat forestry related industries kind of unsafe and a little bit, a little bit chaotic. It sounds like you had a different experience entirely. Um, it, it depends in the lumber industry, it depends on what kind of sawmill you're at, you know, warehouser is kind of one of the industry leaders, uh, very focused on safety and you can, the first mill I worked at is, is still in business and they do stuff, uh, really old school ways. Uh, when, when I worked there in the nineties, there was still a lot of people getting hurt, but, uh, you go into the, the sawmill that I, I worked at up until this year. And it's state of the art. The people running the machines are in cabs. No, nobody hardly at all is touching any wood. Um, it and, and things are are going very fast. It's it's very clean. Um, you, you know, you look at one of those old school sawmills, which I've I've still been in a, quite a few of those in recent years, and they still look the way they did in the '40s, '50s, and '60s. <laughs> um, in fact, when, when I got a tour of the Warehouser mill that I worked at in Washington, um, it's, I think that mill's like nine years old now, maybe. Uh, I'd been in a ton of sawmills in my life, and I was amazed at what I saw in that mill, just the jump in technology, how much faster things ran, and how few people it took to run that mill and how clean it was. It's You can really run the gamut in, in the sawmill industry, depending on 
on age and the company and the technology. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now, let's, I mean, we're here to talk motion amplification, so let's get into it. Can you give us like a brief introduction to motion amplification? Just like, what does it do? What are we, like, what are we measuring? Like, I think most people know that it's a video, but can you give us like an intro to how it works and what it does? Uh, absolutely. So uh, we take industry standard high-speed cameras. Um, and when I say high-speed, you know, the, the, the Iris M camera is capable of shooting up to 1,300 frames per second if you crop the image size. So, you know, they're not like phantom 200,000 frame per second cameras or anything, but it takes a high-speed camera. And you take an HD black and white video, and then you run that through an algorithm. And that algorithm is able to uh, measure the changes in light in the pixels of the video. And then we can do a couple things with it. You can amplify the motion in the video. So, uh, you know, th these are the motion application videos you've seen on YouTube and whatnot th that allow you to see motion, you know, sub one thousandths of an inch at uh, some pretty decent speeds, the closer you get the camera to it, the smaller motion that it can show. So it's even uh, useful for R&D testing and stuff on very small things. But um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that it can also quantify the vibration in that video. So uh, essentially, if you shoot a, a video at 120 frames per second with the IRSM camera, that will be a full HD size image, and there's 2.3 million pixels in that video. And essentially, it is like taking 2.3 million uh, vibration measurements in the displacement realm uh, with an accelerometer because every one of those pixels has uh, accurate vibration data that is quantifiable. All you do is draw a box on the screen, and it will quantify and give you a spectrum and a waveform uh, or an orbit for the motion that's contained within the box that you drew. So the whole video is uh, accurate vibration data. Awesome. That's really cool. Now, I guess, you know, that sort of leads me to one of the next questions, which is if we're using motion amplification, should we still use vibration monitoring on the same equipment or does it make it redundant? Uh, well, it, it it does not make it redundant. And we see motion amplification uh, as an addition to a reliability program for the reason that our technology is displacement based. And so if you are looking to find uh, bearing defects in a pump or a motor, typically you're gonna see those defects in the higher end of the velocity range and into the acceleration. In fact, you know, the, the uh, acceleration range is where you're going to see the first indications of bearing damage. So at speeds above, uh, I don't know, three, 400 Hertz-ish, there is not much displacement. So because our measurement is this displacement-based measurement, you're still going to want to um, take vibration measurements in the velocity and the acceleration range on your bearings. But uh, where we shine and what what the technology, the, the real power of the technology, in my opinion, is is the sheer amount of data that you're able to get from one of the videos. You know, it, it only takes 
about the same amount of time that you'd spend with a vibration data collector uh, recording 10 or 12 measurements on a, a motor and pump you can get a video that will show you the motion of the pump the motor the base the piping uh, there's really no limit to how wide you can shoot the video. So you can shoot a video on a whole pipe uh, pump skid with a dozen pumps on it, and you can see the motion of everything in that video. So um, it, it's, it's an addition to a, a vibration program, but I think that there's also power in shooting motion amplification videos on on whole assets rather than just focusing on bearings in the middle of the machine and i guess i guess just to jump off that like how does that work like are you just going to go out there with a camera or do you leave the camera out there for like 12 hours and shoot or do you just take video and walk around the plant on like pretty much everything for like a minute and then you come back to your desk and go through it like how does this whole process work uh, well, I, I think there's a couple answers to that question. Uh, I think first I'll get into how I used it at Warehouser. Uh, we already had a vibration program in place. Um, I was a, a fairly green vibration analyst still, um, but but knew enough to have found some issues and created or uh, corrected, excuse me, some uh, machine issues. Um, as soon as I got my hands on the IRSM motion amplification system, I took it out into the sawmill and I shot videos on the machines that I knew had high vibration, but I hadn't been able to figure out why they had high vibration. You know, that's kind of the abstract nature of vibration analysis is that a lot of times we are guessing based off of our training and it's not always black and white what's going on with the machine. Uh, so for instance, I shot a video uh, the very first video I shot was on a motor on top of a trimmer cab that uh, it ran a line shaft that was inside of a box that had 20 saws on it that would cut like two by fours to length. And it had, had increasing uh, 1x vibration, which a lot of the stuff I found with the motion amplification was at the turning speed of the machines, the 1x. And I'd been trying to figure out why that 1x on this motor was increasing for six months to a year and was unable to pinpoint why it was. I shot a motion amplification video and within 30 seconds of looking at the video, I knew exactly what the issue was. And we actually corrected the issue while we had the motion amplification camera on it. We put a porter power under the mount for the motor and just put some uh, tension on the base plate that the motor was mounted to and were able to see the correction uh, pretty much immediately. So, you know, that's kind of the first answer to my question is that I used it um, to back up what I was seeing in my vibration routes, my monthly routes. Anytime I would see a 1x or a lower frequency vibration, I'd put the camera on it almost every time, um, would immediately see what was causing the excess, excess motion. Um, in fact, it was so bad sometimes that, you know, I felt silly because it was so apparent in the video so quickly. The second part of this very long answer is that once I joined the RDI team, I, I had access to their videos, uh, their motion amplification videos. They've caught a pretty big library of videos. Um, 
only a small portion of them are shareable because, you know, they're on other people's assets. But so <laughs> I, I started looking through these videos and I started noticing that a lot of the most worthwhile or the, the most interesting videos were the ones that were shot from a very wide angle and were not uh, zoomed in right on the pump or the, the motor because, you know, our, our, our machines are systems and typically we measure, you know, the industry standard is kind of vibration analysis where we want to uh, get data on every machine. So we have uh, technicians running out there and measuring the bearings only on every machine as fast as they can, as many as they can get in their, their time. And then we analyze that data. But, um, Typically, there's issues in the machine. I'll use pumps, for instance. Uh, resonance with pipes is a really big issue because it's a hard thing to engineer. And so uh, I shot a video recently, and they let me know before I showed up that they'd been changing mechanical seals on this pump for over a decade. Um, a couple times a year, they were changing mechanical seals. And within 30 seconds, I saw that there was a pipe four feet away from the pump that was resonant at the turning speed of the motor. And it, it had never been caught in the monthly uh, contractor vibration route because he would just show up and he'd measure vibration at the motor and the pump. And then he'd go on to the next one. Um, so, so the second part of that answer is it is very powerful as well to take very wide angle uh, videos of whole assets and... Um, analyze those and look for the motion. And that's one of the things we teach in the training is to start wide and then move to the motion. So you shoot a video of the whole asset and then zoom in on where you see motion in that video. And so I would argue that if you have machines that are working well, maybe instead of measuring every machine monthly, pick a handful of machines and every three months, instead of uh, sending your technician out there with a data collector, have him go shoot a whole asset or as many as he can fit in the day with a motion amplification camera and supplement what you're doing because I promise you, you'll find issues. And those issues that you find are typically base issues, resonance issues, and those are the bearing base and mechanical seal issues in the future. It's just a matter of time for um, them to degrade to the point where you can find that vibration with a data collector at the machine, or uh, they start doing damage to those uh, assets and then you start picking it up and you can fix those before they become an issue. No, that was, that was a great answer, really descriptive. And I, I guess for me, like you, you mentioned a few things about you know, what, what types of equipment that we would start using it on and that type of stuff. Now, if someone's out there and they're looking to start a motion amplification or just the program, or they're just looking to start using it, like, do you think they should start? Well, I guess, how should they start doing it? Like, are they going to just do it on their assets that they're finding problems with vibration or should they go out there and just start wide angle shooting everything? Uh, a couple answers to that. Again, I, I think that if they have a mature vibration analysis program already, um, typically that will mean that they already have people who are trained to the level that they can go out and do some very good 
machine improvement work with motion amplification. Um, some of the uh, highest level vibration engineering groups are customers of ours, and we get very good feedback from them on using the system. They, they take it with them. Uh, but one of the great things is that if you aren't a mature program, it helped me a great amount to have motion amplification while I was still learning to be a vibration analyst, because um, in, in my mind, the way vibration analysis works for me, because I'm a very visual person, is that I learn to look at waveforms and spectrums and make little videos or movies inside my head of the inside of the machine and how it was moving to cause the waveforms in the in the vibration data to look the way they looked and there was no better way for me to correlate those patterns than to have an actual motion amplification video that showed me how the machine was moving and then look at the waveform and say well of course that's why the waveform looks the way it does it, it it's it's the way it's moving exactly matches the waveform, which it always does. But uh, again, because vibration analysis says such an abstract and, and not concrete uh, intuitive thing, th there's great value in motion amplification, in my opinion, for mature programs and also for immature programs as a learning tool for their uh, analysts that are attempting to to learn how to do vibration analysis and for these mature programs like what what would be a typical frequency that we would use motion amplification uh motion amplification is really good at finding um resonance issues that are typically uh 1x turning speed of the machine uh same with misalignment issues uh, you can also, uh, one thing I didn't mention was you can not only quantify with a, a spectrum and a waveform uh, any area in the video, you can draw as many of those boxes, we call them regions of interest, you can draw as many of them on the screen as you want. So you could literally just start drawing boxes on the screen and have 50 spectrum and waveforms for the motion inside all of those boxes. But then you can also compare the phase of any of those boxes to uh, basically any of the areas of the video to any other area of the video. So you can do phase analysis um, because the video is simultaneously collected. It's one video, so it was all taken at the same time. So it's kind of similar to a triggered uh, measurement with vibration analysis. So uh, if you're looking for misalignment, you can check the phase across the machine from one side to the other. and the frequency that you're able to use motion amplification is only really limited by the displacement um, measurement. You know, displacement is not a technology that is good um, in the high end of the velocity range or in acceleration at all, just because of the physics of vibration. Um, it, it's great at all of uh, the low frequency, 1x, unbalanced, misalignment, resonance, and uh, looseness. Uh, if you shoot a motion amplification video of something that has uh, looseness, either a loose bolt, a cracked weld, or whatever, when you amplify that video, uh, the looseness that you can't see with the naked eye when you amplify it 50 times, it looks like it's opening up a quarter of an inch. It's just <laughs> right there in your face. 
And, and so it's good for all of those lower frequency uh, vibration issues. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I guess like with most things, we don't want to just run out there. Like we don't want to just buy a camera and run out there. Like what types of training courses are out there or certifications for people who want to get trained before they start rolling? Um, great question. Uh, RDI has a dedicated training staff and facility in Knoxville. Uh, the training is, uh, we, we offer two trainings. We offer the basic class, which is, you know, for people who purchase the system and want to get familiar with operating the software and, you know, the basics of using motion amplification to do vibration analysis work. And then we also have an advanced class um, that is more geared towards the math of what's happening and performing uh, in-depth vibration analysis uh, type work with motion amplification. So uh, the, the training, the basic training is two days. And at, at the end of that training, you are proficient at operating the system. Uh, you're, you're an expert at running the, the software. It's very well made, uh, very intuitive to use. And a two-day training is usually all that's required. Is Now, is the software, like, is the camera, I guess, is the software on the camera or do you download the video to your, like, your laptop or your computer and go in there? Uh, the answer to that question is yes. So we have um, two cameras. The Iris M is uh, the first one that we went to market with. It is is um typically most videos are shot at 120 frames per second but like i mentioned the iris m will go all the way up to 1300 the iris m streams the video to the uh computer that comes with the system the acquisition unit we call it which is a, a surface book computer uh, via usb cable uh, we had people once we'd uh, been out there for a while that wanted to shoot video on higher speed, higher frequency um, machines. And we were, the, the USB cable that streams to the computer can only handle so much data. That's the reason you have to crop the image uh, with the Iris M camera if you wanna go to a higher frame rate. And so um, at customer request, we released the Iris MX. And the reason I said yes to both your questions is the MX camera is, capable of, uh, it'll do 1400 frame per second, full HD image. And then if you start cropping that, you can go all the way to 29,000 frames per second. But because the USB cable won't handle that much data, the Iris MX camera has basically a computer built into it. So you shoot the video and then you, uh, download or stream that, uh, I guess, downloads a, a better or maybe upload uh, to the computer via ethernet cable. Uh, so we do both. And then you asked a question earlier about whether you go out and shoot a video and leave the camera there or take it with you. And I don't believe I fully answered that. So we'll circle back here. Uh, we also released a product called the Iris CM that is a continuous monitoring system where you can set up three cameras and record simultaneously with those three cameras. And um, what they do is... Uh, stream the video to a computer that will store 90 minutes of video 
and uh, then overwrite that video, kind of similar to a security camera on the first in, uh, first out basis. But you can also set triggers. And when events are triggered, either off of an accelerometer or off of one of those regions of interest that you draw on the screen, it will save the triggered video to a hard drive so you can go back and reclaim that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, I guess to go off on that product a little bit, like what would be a situation where we would want continuous monitoring like that? Well, if you've got transient events that are happening, uh, but you don't know why, um, for instance, uh, there's a customer that has uh, remote pumping stations, water pumping stations, and those have um, some older kind of rudimentary vibration protection systems on them. And uh, just every once in a while, for unknown reasons, those vibration sensors will trip, the pump will shut down, and it causes them downtime, and they have to go out there and, and try and figure out why you know, this, this old system is tripping and causing them downtime. So in that instance, you can go out and in 20 minutes set up this Iris CM system with multiple cameras and set them to record. And the next time your system trips, then you have a high definition video of the event where it tripped that, uh, you know, it's not only a, a clear video image of what happened when that transient event occurred, it also contains vibration data. So you can start to analyze and figure out what's going on with the system. Um, that, that's one when I was at the sawmill all the time, we would be, uh, we'd have similar transient events. And a lot of times they'd happen once a month and, uh, production speeds being what it is these days, even if something trips once a month, it, it starts to become an issue, uh, really quick just because the speeds that, that everything's running these days, an event once a month that causes you 10 minutes worth of downtime is a significant event. So uh, we all the time would set up our um, regular cameras, you know, not motion amplification cameras on stuff in hopes that we could catch data that would show us what was going on with that system when it was tripping. And um, I really wish that this would have been out when I was there, the CM. So it, it would be a game changer for trying to find those events to also have vibration data along with crisp, clear HD video images. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Judd, you, you've kind of been around the block with motion amplification. Like what are some common mistakes that people make when getting into this technology and how do we avoid making those mistakes? Uh, I've, I think that a lot of people, uh, especially people who've been in the reliability space for a long time, will get the camera and they'll go out there and they'll zoom right in on the asset that they're having an issue with. They, they won't start wide. Um, you know, people who are reliability people who are into ultrasound, vibration analysis, infrared and stuff, they, they tend to focus on details and not the, the broader picture. Uh, like I mentioned before, even if your machine is running great and running perfect and has never caused you an issue, a large portion of those machines have problems. If you shoot a wide video and look at the area around the machines, uh, all of the uh, piping, 
the conduit running uh, with, with the power running to the motors, I promise you those machines have issues. So uh, I think a common mistake for people is to uh, start small, not start wide. And they, they focus on the details rather than looking at the whole picture. Um, incidentally, there's, I can't tell you how many times I shot a motion amplification video and saw something moving in the background of the video that wasn't even the focus of what I was shooting that, that was an issue. It might not have been something that was going to cause us downtime that week, but it, it was a problem. I found stuff all the time that was just in the background or on a machine next to the machine that I was out there and interested in. Um, another mistake that I made a lot when I, I was first started using it was to have a preconceived notion before I went out there. You know, I'd get asked, everybody loved the technology. Uh, it was a great communication tool and it, it helped with getting buy-in from the um, you, you know, sawmills, you kind of mentioned it, are kind of a, a, a sawmill maintenance guys are a pretty rowdy group sometimes. And trying to get some people who have been a sawmill millwright for 30, 40 years to buy in on this technology and that their machine um, is is broken because my fancy instrument told me so, even though they can listen to it with a screwdriver and it, it, it sounds fine. Um, it, that's kind of a big ask. It's It's hard to build that bridge. And if, if you use motion amplification and you start showing the videos to those people, it really helps with the buy-in and, and the communication. Do you have any top tips for us maybe that you haven't talked about yet for people who want to get started with this technology? Um, yeah, I do. And actually, it's it's kind of where I lost my track on one of the previous questions. Uh, ha having an open mind. I, I got asked many times to go out and shoot a video on something. And, uh, you know, our, our ego kind of gets in the way a lot of times. And you, you think, well, it's not really a good application for this camera. I'm not going to see anything with motion amplification on this machine. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I, I'd be asked by my supervisor or someone. And so I'd go out and shoot the video anyway. And almost every time, I'm not going to say every time, but almost every time I would see something on that machine. It might not have been why they asked me to go out there and look. Um, sometimes it was. Uh, you, you know, sometimes I was dead wrong. And it was a, a perfect use of motion amplification. And... I just got in my own way. So I, I think the, the biggest tip that I would have for people is to use it. E even if you are God's gift of vibration analysis and you know that you're not going to see anything with that motion amplification camera, I, I promise you something out there will be moving. So use it and, and don't have any preconceived notions. I've been surprised more times than I can count and humbled more times than I can count. And so just go out there and use it. Awesome. 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 Now, last question I got for you before we get you out of here is, do you have anything that you haven't told us yet that you want to share about motion amplification? I, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering kind of a 500 foot view of the technology. 
I, I think, and I touched on this a little bit, I, we spoke about this before we started recording, that I think a lot of people are surprised. Uh, they see all of the videos posted that show motion, and I don't think they understand that it is also a very powerful tool for quantifying and for vibration analysis of the displacement realm. And so my, my answer is kind of uh, also a, a tip because it's, it's something that I did not do real well when I used it in industry. And it kind of dawned on me once I became a member of the, the RDI technologies team that it is a very powerful vibration analysis tool as well. So if you think of it that way, rather than just, you know, fancy videos that show motion, there really is no end to problems that you can solve with this and it it will make you uh, no matter how good of a vibration analyst you are uh, or even if you aren't a vibration analyst it's not uh, something that's powerful only for reliability people to use you can put it in the hands of any competent person and and they can find machine issues Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that maybe we, we will cut this part, like cut that part out, but you, you mentioned that video is, is a great way for convincing people and part of that culture change. And I definitely agree with it. I think it's very difficult to show someone a vibration spectra if they've never seen one before and have them buy into the issue. Cause it's for most people, you're looking at it, it doesn't really mean anything to you. But if you're watching a vibration on a video, like you're watching the the pump itself vibrate or the pipes or whatever, it's pretty clear to people what's happening and that there's an issue. So I think that that, that point about using it as a culture change tool or an education tool is gonna be a big piece as well. Absolutely. Uh when I'm giving presentations to uh, folks that want to learn more about motion amplification uh, on one of the slides that we have in the PowerPoint, it's benefits of motion amplification. And uh, that's what I tell them was it, that was one of the biggest advantages I saw when I was out there using it in industry was the communication piece, the culture piece, which, you know, is, is a problem in a lot of facilities and culture is one of the hardest things to change. And like I said, uh, our our program there was very immature, um, and it was the single greatest tool I had for building a bridge to the millwrights and people on the shop floor to get them to buy into. I, you know, I have all these fancy gadgets and, and all this fancy training, but I can really make your job much easier if something doesn't sound right, uh, if you just notice something is different, uh, either motion amplification, vibration analysis, ultrasound, I, I can make your job easier, but we have to work at it together. I can't do it by myself. Uh, and if I bring recommendations to you and you don't believe in what I'm doing, then you are not going to do the repairs that I know need to happen or I think need to happen. And, and so showing them a video of how something was moving was just unbelievably powerful in building that bridge and, and helping with communication with the crew. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, Judd, I did want to ask you this one 
for people out there who want to see a video of motion amplification, do you have a link that you could share with us that I'll throw in the podcast notes? Yeah, we have a YouTube channel, uh, RDI Technologies. We also uh, have several uh, resellers. So we sell um, in North America and then we have resellers overseas. And uh, there are several resellers that have great videos and channels. Um, if you just search motion amplification in YouTube, you will find uh, hours and hours. Uh, a couple of the resellers that I can think of off the top of my head that have great videos is uh, RMS and Optical Motion Technologies. Both of them uh, have great YouTube channels with tons of videos. And then some of them are produced videos, you know, like case studies that walk through the problem. They, they're they uh, not just a 10-second motion amplification video. So you can check that out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll drop a few of those links in the podcast notes if you're looking for them. Now, Judd, last thing, do you have anything to plug? Like, obviously, people should check out rditechnologies.com. Are you going to be at any conferences? Like, how do people get in touch with you? Um, the website is, is a great place, just www.rditechnologies.com. Uh, we typically have a booth at all of the major conferences. I looked at the schedule, and next year we'll be at the CBM. Uh, we do all the reliability stuff. Uh, we've got a pretty active presence on LinkedIn. Uh, so RDI Technologies on LinkedIn, and I'd love to connect with anybody if they want to send me a connection uh, request on LinkedIn. It's just Judd Jones on LinkedIn, and we're on all uh, social media, uh, most active on, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah, Judd, I mean, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing, sharing a little bit about motion amplification. Uh, I appreciate uh, the invite and uh, connecting with you. It's, it's been fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And if anyone's still listening and you want to reach out to Judd on LinkedIn, he's going to be tagged in the post or I'll, I'll also drop a link to his profile in the podcast notes for motion amplification. Check out the links to YouTube. If you haven't yet subscribe to Rob's reliability project on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week.